0: All right, so today we're going to finish up the series talking about being imperfect parents. I think every single one of us, probably every single day, think, am I doing this wrong? Am I messing them up? You know, what am I going on here? And, 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 and so I just want to get direct to point one. This will help everybody feel better about parenting. And my point number one is this, okay, you ready? Parenting is hard. It's hard. You just got to give yourself a break. The first thing that you need to know is this isn't going to be easy. If you know right off the bat, you're just like, oh, this was a hard day. It's going to be hard. It's hard. Parenting is hard. You're raising humans who don't have the knowledge they need to go through life. It's a really hard and complicated thing. And then if you have girls, sometimes, rarely, occasionally, they get a little bit emotional. (laughs) If you have boys, sometimes, occasionally, rarely, they get a little loud and rough. Any boy moms and dads in here? They beat some stuff up. Parenting is so hard. But aren't you glad that we have God's help? Amen. I've done a lot of hard things, in my opinion, in life. Uh, I worked really hard at a grocery store. I became the first department manager, the youngest one in Spartan Stores history. Uh, 18 years old, I took over a department. I was the, it was hard work, and, and I got into that position. We planted a church, my wife and I. We planted a church in a very church-heavy city. And there came a lot of pushback and a lot of different things being said and resistance. All this. It was really hard. But can I tell you, neither of those things are as hard as parenting. <laughs> Parenting's hard. And the reason I'm stressing this again and again and again is because I think sometimes it's, an, it's okay for us to just give ourselves that break. And what I wrote down today is that the job is difficult is because the job is really important. Like really important jobs, really high level jobs are really hard. Why? Because they're really important. There's a real high level of seriousness that goes with it. And that's the same in parenting. Uh, We all think it's going to go like this. One day I'm just going to find the man or woman of my dreams and we're going to fall in love and we're going to get married and then uh, we're going to get pregnant, and we're going to go to bye-bye baby, and then we're going to have a birth plan, and we're going to give birth to this perfect child, and it's going to be perfect. That's not parenting. That's what we think it is. That's what we think reality is, but reality and expectation, it's all totally different. All of you will do your cute little third day of school, your first day of school, third grade. You're all going to do that tomorrow. And everybody's going to look at that and go, look at them. They are so good at being parents. Look at that kid. His shirt's tucked in. Our kid isn't, (laughs) you know, like you're going to just be like, oh. But it's not reality. It's not reality. The reality is it's hard. Parenting is hard. Unfortunately, it comes from Genesis, which is where we see the fall of mankind. This is where this hardship comes in when it comes to living as humans. Genesis 3.16. It says, to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Now, in the Jewish mind, bringing forth children, they looked at it as the whole duration of raising a child. And so it says, and, and so for you, it says, you shall be in pain. Bring, it's going to be hard is what it's saying. Bringing forth children into this world. And, and, and I'm not saying it's bad, and I don't want any young person in here to think, wow, I'm a real burden. I'm a real pain in the butt. To, you know you're a pain in the butt. <laughs> We love children. We're going to talk about the blessing of children, but, but like it's hard. We just need to know that off the top. And the problem is we see social media. We look at everything online. That's the highlight reel. But we live the behind the scenes. We have the smells and the mess and the noise. We have all those things, right? Someone's like, the smells. Amen on the smells. <laughs> like, we ha- we're, we're not living the highlight reel life. We're living the behind the scenes. And so I actually brought some homemade video uh, of my Parenting, our parenting, of of the way that we're raising our children. One of the things that's hard as a parent is this circus called bedtime. How many love the bedtime routine? That's pretty easy, right? Two things go brush your teeth and get in bed. That seems pretty doable for any age range, right? No. I got a video here of my daughter, uh, our first, she's very young in this video, I'm not quite sure. I'm being a great dad. I'm like, hey, honey, let's go out catch fireflies. She's having the time of her life catching fireflies. Of course, you can't catch fireflies until it's dark outside. And of course, firefly season is very late at night in the summertime. July, it's very late. It has to be dark. So it's very late, way past her bedtime. But I'm also a good dad who thought ahead. And so I'm like, hey, I'm going to get her a little firefly container. And we're going to catch these fireflies because she loves animals and bugs and all these things. And so we're going to catch them and we're going to put in the thing. And then surely it will be so magical if she can bring this little container thing with fireflies in it and set it in her room and go to bed to the nightlight of these fireflies. This will work flawlessly. We'll catch them, we'll put them in the container, and we'll go down and we'll go to bed. Let's look at how this turned out. What are we going to do with him? Do you want to put him in his house or it's bedtime? I lay down the top. But he's in your hand. Are you going to sleep with him in your hand? Yeah. What about in his house? No. You could put him in his house. You just want to hold him? You should put him in his house. Where's that? Anyway Oh a Hey! You can't him. It's bedtime. Bossy versus. <laughs> oh, he's gonna be so sick. Well, what happened? Did you did you crush him? Yeah, you crushed them. Didn't go as planned, because parenting's hard. I thought I was doing a good thing. We can put them in the thing and do the thing. Second hardest thing to putting kids to bed, you know this. You know what's a great idea? You guys are out. We're busy. You know what would be easier? Why don't we just go out to eat quick? Then we don't gotta make it. Surely that will be easy. Just take some of the kids out to eat. Now, you know, Callie, our youngest one, she's our fun one. She's the party. We don't know where she gets ecstasy, but she does ecstasy. (laughs) And so this is my experience with her out to eat. Here we are out to eat with Callie. Let's check this one out. It's time. Yeah, <laughs> Cute, isn't she, Prestige? Highlight reel right there. Um, we don't even know what song that was. She just she's supposed to be eating. She already got into the chocolate, which she wasn't allowed. It's like, it's hard. It's hard work. But I wrote it down like this. Raising children is your greatest labor. Write this down. It's your greatest labor, but it's also your greatest legacy. It's hard. Oh, this is so hard. But at the end of the day, you're like, this is my greatest legacy. These kids will go on. We'll look at scripture in a minute to make a difference generationally. If we invest in them and we stick with them and we continue to put God's truth in front of them. Can I get an amen? amen? Psalm 127 verses 3 and 4 says this. Children are a heritage from the Lord offspring a reward from him every day when you're cleaning up and you're doing your thing you say thank you lord for this reward of these children thank, you got to remind yourself it's a heritage reward like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children's born in one's youth uh, the verse goes on to actually say blessed is a man whose quiver is full of them if your hands are full with your kids the scripture is telling you it's because you're blessed You're blessed by God, and so I know it's hard work, and I know it's insane, and I know it feels like we're doing it wrong, and we're messing it up, but we just keep sticking with the fact that God has called us and assigned us to do this. Can I get an amen? The biggest impact you can make on the world is probably not going to come through your careers, what you do with your bank accounts, what kind of cars you drive, what kind of houses you live in, but your biggest impact you might make on the world is going to be in the thing that you tuck in every night. That's what's going to make an impact on the world. If you invest in that next generation, that person, that thing that God gave you, all those other things matter, and we should steward all those things, and God's got plans in all those other categories, but what he gave you, your legacy matters. Can I get an amen? amen. Point number two. We'll go quickly. We've got a little, little bit of time, but write this stuff down, and I know God can grow this in you. Point number two is this. Parenting requires intentional leadership we got to be very intentional about parenting. Parenting requires intentional leadership. Ephesians 6, 4 says it like this. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction. Two words, training and instruction. Training and instruction of the Lord. Training and instruction is the call that God has on our lives as parents. And uh, I brought two more videos that we're going to show, and then I'll, I'll finish up with, with some some word here. We'll get into some scripture a little bit more. But again, I just wanted to be an open book today. I wanted you to see us as parents. We're not perfect. You might look at the pastors and go, man, they probably got it perfect. Some of you serve our kids up in Kidsmen. You know we don't got it perfect. <laughs> don't laugh that loud. But, um, <laughs> but I brought a couple more videos. I just want to show you how well our training and instruction is going with our kids. First one you're going to see here is my son, Charlie. And uh, he's a little bit younger at this time, but my training and instruction, you can see his maturity and his development is really kicking in at an early age. Here's Charlie. bad part about that video is I edited it. It was still going. It could have just kept going. It's my legacy and my heritage right there. Training and instruction is really paying off. Clearly, Charlie is on a clear path to Michigan State. He's going to be a Spartan through and through. He's ready to go. I think he's there. Um, but, you know, I had to include Jess in this. She's a parent. We're co-parents in this, obviously. And so there's times where I look at our kids and I go like, wow, clearly mom's training and instruction in your life has paid off. And uh, again, this is Callie. And so here's a little bit of Jess's DNA. And this one, one. that's that's Zumba night with Jess. If you've ever done Zumba at Zealand Rack, that's a Zumba night right there. That's uh, the people who do Zumba, they know. They're over here trying not to pee their pants, because it's true. Training and instruction is what the scripture says. It says, hey, it's important for you to be intentional. Training and instruction, training and instruction, guiding and leading, motivating, moving our children in the way that they should go. What's hard about this is our culture is actually opposite of this. You know, culture really tries to teach you, hey, no, it's about self-discovery. Let them do them. Let, let, let these kids figure out. Let them be on their own journey. Let them be on their own thing. You know, and people come to me and say, oh, you know, are you, are you too hard on your kids? Or do you think that you're overprotecting your kids? Here's what I would say. I would much, much rather my kids come to me later in life and say, hey, Dad, thank you so much for overprotecting. Thank you so much for, for being hard on me and, and checking up on me and being there for me. And over." Versus come to me later and say, where the heck were you, Dad? Where the heck were you, Mom? So don't let culture tell you, oh, you're being a little too strict. Oh, wow, you really got all these guardrails and stuff. Because that's our job. They're like arrows in our hands. We're called to aim and protect. Can I get an amen? Amen. we got to be intentional about setting this. Uh, I thought about this. Um, I would, this is the way that I think about it in my life. I would rather be hard on my kids and then life be soft on them versus me be too soft on my kids and then hard is life on them or life is hard on them life is too hard on them let's be a people who in god's love and with god's instruction and with god's guidance we set them in instruction and training and boundaries and so that we can prepare them to go be what god's called them to be amen and the reality is kids thrive with structure Not only is it biblical that God tells us to give our kids structure and guidance and routine, but also data shows us that kids would much actually rather have boundaries and rules. And they've done research on letting kids that run free versus kids that have structure and routine. They much more prefer structure and routine. Uh, Edward Duke of Windsor said this. He said, the thing that impresses me most about America is the way the parents obey their children. We laugh, but you've been to them all you've been to the grocery store, you've been to the checkout line and I get it. There's times where it's survival. It's just better to buy it than it is to do a thing. But, but there's a, that's, that's the opposite of scripture. God is saying, no, we train and we instruct and we train and we instruct. Let me give you just a little bit of a lesson here about how this works. I've been watching, um, Uh, Sinfully, I've been watching the Detroit Lions Hard Knocks show, uh, and it's the NFL Films has followed along the Detroit Lions at their training camp, and uh, one of the things that I've noticed is this scripture, training and instruction happens through this documentary. They have film room conversations, and then they go out on the practice field, and they're implementing what they've been trained. Now, what happens here, training is this. Training says, here's what you need to do. I'm going to show you the play. Here's what you need to do. I'm teaching you how to do this. Here's what you need to do. Instruction is then when the coach watches them do what they were trained to do and comes in and says, Hey, I know you're doing what I trained you to do, but do this. Notice this, put your head down, lift your, you know, go lower, hit this, do this. And and it's given some of them instruction, training and instruction. The problem that we make, the mistake we make in parenting, scripture says training and instruction. Sometimes we only do one or the other well. So we'll do a lot of training. This is what you're supposed to do, this is how you're supposed to do it, and you need to be doing this. But we're not coming alongside later and saying, hey, let me help you do that a little bit. You need to kind of change this. And how are you doing with that? We don't have very much instruction. Or we don't do any training. We don't do any training at all. We haven't shown them how to do it. But all along the way, we're constantly instructing. But really, what we're doing is nagging. We're watching everything they're doing. And we're going, we're instructing, we're instructing. Why aren't you doing this like this? We haven't given them any training. That's not fair to your kids. Are you with me? That's why Proverbs is saying training, instruction, training, instruction. you got to be able to show them. You gotta say, hey, that was pretty good, but how about this? And how about this? Training and instruction, it matters, and it's all part of our intentional leadership. Can I get an amen? Intentional leadership takes routine. Routine. Every person in the room right now, the inside your heart is going, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> routine, routine, routine. A couple things happen when we have routine. It produces safety and security in the hearts and mind of our kids. Have you ever had your kids come to you at the beginning of the day, and they say, what's going to happen today? What are we doing today? What's going on today? Or maybe you're going somewhere, and they say, what are we going to do when we get there? It's because their hearts are saying, what's the routine going to be? What's the safety and security that I'm going to be existing in? Your kids want it. As much as they fight routine, as much as they fight structure, they actually want to know what their structure is. Routine puts them on a path toward health. Listen, They will never get to a healthy habit or destination without regular routine. Your kids will never get into a functioning, healthy habit unless you've built in routine. Well, we're busy. We work like crazy. we got a million fires that we're always working on. Your kids will never get to a healthy structure and routine until you get them in that in your life. That's why scripture says it this way in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child. Training and instruction in the way that he should go or should, she should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. What does the scripture know? The scripture knows when you train, when you build healthy habits, when you set good routines in your kid's life, when they get old, they'll function in those healthy patterns. So many of us go, oh, well, we're so busy. It's just not a good season for us to set routine. We got to set routine. It's biblical. And it's also just important psychologically. Are you with me today? I know I'm being practical, but, th- but this is important. And here's what I wrote down here Is some ways that we train healthy habits. We need to do things like this. We need to say, hey, guys, this is a good time of the day to wake up. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes some teenagers might end up sleeping the morning away. And look, we've all been there, all teenagers do kind of do that stuff. Uh, But it's important for us to say, hey, maybe here's a time that we need to get up. Another one is this. Hey, maybe here's a time or here's a way that we should keep our room. This is a way that we should keep our room. You're not going in and you're not being a nag. You're not being a jerk. This is what we said and how we're going to do it. You're saying, no, guys, listen, we're creating a healthy routine. We're creating a healthy habit. That way, when they head into marriage, they can avoid that first fight. How I many you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Here's another good one for our kids. Hey, guys, you know what? Here's a healthy routine. This is a healthy routine when it comes to tech time. This is the amount that we think is a good amount for you to be on a device. You know, back in my day when I played video games, back in my day, I turn 40 next year, so every day is a gift. Back in my day, back in my day, you know, you you played Mario, you jumped on the flag on the last level, it was over. It was over. These games are endless, endless pits. You're always leveling up. There's always something added to the item shop. There's always another YouTube video to watch. And if you don't have healthy habits for your kids, they will get sucked into it all and they will create these super unhealthy environments and, uh, and it's not good. So tech time. Another one is, hey, uh, what's a healthy way to be on time? Uh, some of you need to relearn that first before you can teach it. <laughs> but what's a healthy time to be on time? Are we saying on time? Are we saying five minutes before? What, what, what's a healthy way? Training and instruction, training and instruction is really important. And then another one, you start to model all the other things that you care about. What's a healthy way? What's a healthy habit for the way that we talk about others? Are you guys modeling? Are you talking about people in a certain way? What are all the ways that we can set structure and routine? Because the scripture says if you set it in as a child, they won't depart from it. What's the kind of kid you want to raise? Not a perfect one. But what's the kind of one that you're aiming to hit? And here's the reality. Routine, write this down. Routine does not create stress. It instead reduces it. Oh, routine, that sounds like so much work. We got to write out our meals and homework time and all that, everything. But listen, routine reduces stress. It doesn't add to it. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 29, 17 says it this way. says, discipline your children. (laughs) That's a a four-in-one in the day that we live in. Discipline your children. And they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. What is it saying? It's saying discipline and structure and boundaries and and guard and plan and all these things, you put these in life, you're gonna find peace. Why? Because routine, it reduces stress and chaos. It doesn't add to it. So what does our training do? If you do the right things the right way, you will have the right results. So we got to teach our kids, hey, guys, if we do the right things the right way, we'll have the right results. The reality is you are a result of your routine. Your life currently is a result of your routine. If you don't like what you're experiencing, change your routine. Change the way that you're going about things. Change the things that you're prioritizing because you're just a result of it. And then my final point, point three, is this. We must, as parents, model genuine faith, authentic, genuine faith, we must model this as parents. My parents are here. Jess's mom is here. Much of like what we stand on, much of what we stand on, what comes natural to us, someone gets sick, we pray. We believe God heals. We face a hard opportunity. Instead of being sheepish and squirmish, we move in faith because we saw that modeled in our parents. We serve God. We attend church. We do these things because it was genuinely and authentically modeled to us by our parents. And so I wrote it down. Point three is we must be people who authentically model faith. I wrote it down like this. We all hate the do as I say, not as I do. We all hate the do as I say, not as I do. That's a terrible model to lead our families with. We have to be a people who model genuinely. Uh, I wrote it down like this. Kids don't need a motto to say. They need a model to follow. Walk around your house all day and give them catchphrases and speeches and things that you heard on Christian radio and your devotion. But if you're not modeling that, it's not going to do any good. Kids aren't looking for a motto. They're looking for a model. Uh, get people who come to us all the time, you know, they're young people, and, and this is okay, and I understand, and it's actually good that they're making this switch, but people will come in, and they'll say, oh, we just wanted to start coming back to church, because we found out, you know, we're pregnant, or we have young kids, and, and we really want them to know God, so we decided, you know, we better get them going to church, or we really want our kids to, to know God, and we really want them to raise up in the things of God, and so we put our kids in Christian school, But the reality is church gets about 40 hours a year with your kids. The Christian school gets about 1,200 hours a year. You combine those, it's 1,240 hours between church and Christian school. But parents get 3,000 hours a year with their kids. If you want to raise your kids in the way of God, you're the model. If you want your kids to know the ways and the truths and the paths of God, we've got to be a people who set our lives as example, and as model. Can I get an amen? So the hard question today is this. The way that you're currently living now, is that the way you want your kids to live as they grow? The amount that you attend church, is that your desire for the amount that your kids attend church? 26 times a year, every other week, is that your dream and your passion? As you held that baby, oh, this, oh, Lord, I pray that, this young one grows up to attend church almost 50 times. A no, you're going to be like, I want them in the house of God, making a difference, using their life to contribute for the kingdom. Think about your church attendance, the way that you attend and the way that you serve. Think about serving. Is the way that you serve the way that you would pray for and believe your kids to serve? What about your generosity? Is that the way? Because right now you have to model it. You can't model it if you want it to be in your kid's life. We've got to be a people who right now who set it with our prayer life and the way that we talk about people and the way all of that stuff is something that we currently model. So we've got to say, God, am I modeling this the way that I want it to be in my kid's life? Because God honors the way that we do life in front of our kids. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five, actually starting with verse four, it says, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. It says, these are the commands that I give you today. They are to be on your hearts. Then it says this, impress them on your children. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. Train and instruct, impress them. It didn't say float them. It didn't say kind of casually say them. No, you impress them on your children. It says, talk about them when you sit at home Don't you love it It says when you walk along the road? What does this mean? It means when you go out for a walk. You talk about the things of God. When you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Talk about this stuff. The verse actually goes on to say, put things on your arm. I'm wearing this bracelet, which I didn't plan to do It was part of this. Uh, But I'm wearing this bracelet. This This is a Hannah Strong bracelet for the young girl who was involved in the accident. She's walking. She's doing so great. She's home. But I wear this. I put it on my arm. Because why? Because you see it. It reminds me to pray, but also my kids are asking me about it. What is it? <laughs> it's living the scripture. Hey, guys, I'm impressing on you that, that I'm a dad who models. We pray. We care. We pay attention to the things that God has put in our life. Can I get an amen today? And so it's saying when you talk about it, when you go on bike rides, when you go on different things, that's what we do. We take trips. We see, we see Mackinac. We, 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 we went up to Mackinac. And we rode bikes. And what's the name of the rock with the hole? You go all the way up to the thing, and you walk all that way, and you just see a hole in a rock. What's that called? Okay, good, the arch, yeah. And you go, say, God, look what God did. Look at this. Isn't it amazing? God made this, and da-da-da. And then I always, like, fib and tell stories. Do you know this is here? Because a dinosaur ran through it, busted a hole right through here. (laughs) And then just fixes it in homeschool. But, But this is what it's talking about. It's like, how do you impress it on your children? Take a walk. Talk about God sit down with them lay down with them talk about these things parenting is hard but it's not that hard because God is saying hey you just you just talk about what God is doing and you model it in front of your children can I get an amen Timothy talks about how when you do this it makes that legacy change that I talked about earlier second Timothy 1 5 says this I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois And then in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives in you also. What is this? This is a family that trained up their generations in the ways of God, and they stayed with it. And now it's making an impact generation after generation. Amen? Remember this. Life is not measured in minutes. It's measured in moments. Capitalize the moments. Not being perfect. It's not being perfect, but it's saying, hey, what are these moments that I can use? God has given me these kids as a blessing. How can I capitalize on these moments? Are you with me? Let me pray for you. We'll dismiss. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the way that you love us and lead us and guide us. Lord, I thank you that we're not left alone in parenting, but you're with us and you give us grace. God, I thank you. You haven't called us to perfection as parents. You just called us to be a people who trust you and follow you. Lord, give us the, the eyes and the understanding to know the moments, but to also be the people who model it so that our kids can walk in it. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.